Welcome to Podcast This Escape, the podcast where we talk about the escape room that we escaped from in the previous episode of this podcast. Lauren, Rita, you did it! Congratulations! Woohoo! <laughs> uh, did you have fun? Did you enjoy the room? Yes. I thought you're not supposed to ask that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask whatever I want, because I can edit the response together. <laughs> um, yes, that was fun. <laughs> was it what you expected? I don't know that I had any expectations. <laughs> I, I think I definitely was a lot more like prepared to go through the documents out of order and mm. before I knew anything about the employee. So that was, I think, the one misapprehension that I had. Yeah, fair enough. It is one of these things because there was moments as well, like where you're presented with a puzzle and knowing how much to try and figure this out. Like you had the... When you got the bangles, it was like, well, should we try it with now? What could these mean? What could the circles mean? Like, is it fully solvable? Do they match the dresses? And and it's always interesting to know, like, to get used to when someone's expecting you to make a fairly large logical jump or whether you'll come back and be like, oh, this is fairly obvious. It's always an interesting uh, balance to hit. And because by the time you came, you had the answer to this, to the bangles puzzle, you came back like, great, here we go. Bangles in. Shoulder, hip, hip, hem, you know, this would be great. Um, it is interesting in that way because this is, it's a single room mm. with most things available to you right from the start. So it can make it difficult in that way to have things, they're not physically gated, so to have them mentally gated. And yeah. it can be challenging to get that balance. Yeah, I feel like that's part of, I mean, it felt almost uh, like a real escape room in that way where you kind mm. of have to be discerning about what uh, you can use or cannot use yet and like how much of your time do you spend investigating one thing or another. Were there any uh, moments of solving that uh, you felt good about yourself? You went, yeah, I got that. I get what's going on here. <laughs> huh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like... I really like the 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 dress and hanger puzzle. I I don't think I figured it out quickly enough to to feel that good about it. But <laughs> that's how I felt about the accessories. Where once I got it, it felt like oh, I can't believe I didn't get that earlier. But at least I got it now. Yeah, that was good when you went to the accessories cabinet. Went wait, are there accessories for your ears and things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were we were a bit stuck there for a bit. But yeah, again, it was the it's the hardest part at the beginning when it's just all open. Nothing has been ticked off yet. It's good at least that you figured there were six mannequins and a six-letter combination lock. So at least you had a connection form. There was a line between those two things. But yeah, at that point, it was still so open. There could have been more pieces to it. It could have been just completely yeah. unsolved. And, it, and it is interesting with these because you you did what what happens in a few of these rooms. Like fifty minutes in, you had solved nothing. And then an hour and, <laughs> and 10 minutes in, you'd solve everything. Because mm. you'd spent so long, you had everything at your disposal. You'd collected all the information and all the connections. All the, and then it was suddenly just, oh, and now I found all the puzzles. Like and it just kind of one went into the next, into the next, into the next. Uh, and I think that that does happen sometimes in these rooms. Do you know, mm. Danny, when you're designing them, whether or not that's going to happen? No, not a clue. <laughs> you just find out. I mean, literally, I know that it sort of has to happen if things 
aren't going to be gated if it is a single room. Like, if I have a room that is like three smaller rooms in it, then you can be pretty well assured that it's not going to happen like that. That's fair. But yes. And often I prefer it that way. I don't mind it when it starts out with slow information gathering, but you say this with uh, when you edit these episodes as well, that that's it's... almost the pacing that you try to make it sound like in the final edit. Mm. Yeah, it, it works out well. I think it gets exciting at the end. Uh, as it, as it sort of snowballs together, and so that's when you have to pull a mannequin in half. <laughs> uh, the mannequin puzzle was also interesting because you needed to know what was in the cabinet in order to open the cabinet, which was, I think, also part of the mental block mm. of assuming that um, what was in there wasn't that important until you were able to open it. it- yeah, yeah, it's a, it it's a kind of a, because I, I had the same thing because I play tested this quite recently and I had a similar block. It was like, well, I think that these mannequins will get me into the cabinet, into that transparent glass cabinet. There's no way of really interacting with that yet. And like, I had the exact same mental block of thinking I have to solve this to get there instead of what's in there will help me solve this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is that interesting thing because the whole time it has been a transparent glass cabinet. You can always look inside. Uh, and I just sort of put it away. I put, I put it in my head as like, ah, oh, that's locked. But also in theory, if I wanted to just be a weird person, like if I knew exactly who was going to be playing these rooms at any given moment and I wanted to just make them unreasonable, it didn't need to be a glass cabinet, really. That's because true. you could uh, you could work on players going through, all right, this is a bridal store. These are bridal mannequins. What might a bridal mannequin have on their thigh? That is true. And theoretically work like that. But yeah, I wasn't going to do that. I was definitely <laughs> going to leave it as an option. So you don't have to look in the accessories no, cabinet if you don't want hint. to. Yeah, it's just a knowing, yes, that is a direction to go in. And I can't guarantee that everyone knows what a bride might have on their thigh. That's so very true. Got to have lists of them to be safe. So yeah, I do appreciate much. weird puzzles like mannequin, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like mannequin assignments. Ah, I was that was definitely uh, one of the trickiest things in my entire creation of this room. Trying to figure out whether I should just write a paragraph about these mannequins or attempt to draw them. <laughs> so I ended up trying to see, can you find shop store windows as uh, like mannequins as free images that I could then like cut Manipulate the arms and rotate the arms around? Uh, no, no, it was not. Mm. I am not good enough at art for any of that. But luckily, I think because you didn't give it as an image, it made Lauren do the same thing I did, which is try and Act emulate it, it yes. myself to see if it looks like anything. That is also always my preference. I like it when people draw the rooms. I like <laughs> it when they have to stand up or they think they have to stand up for some reason. It did also make me think like YMCA. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. It's got a very YMCA vibe. But the letters don't. I started by trying to stand up, bend over, and touch my thigh, and I didn't look like anything. Well, I was assuming that that was a P. I was mm. like, oh, okay, so if someone stands, it kind of slumps over and then like doubles back and touches their thigh, that oh, kind of creates a P shape. Or an R, then... if that leg's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fancy. I almost figured that having them as pictures would have made it a little bit too likely that you were trying to find something in the images of them. And there'd be a lot more to focus on than just the arms, if you're doing that. It would still probably be the main focus, but you'd be looking at the overall body shape. You would have added possibly too many red herrings. Exactly. Yeah, that's fair. (sighs) And uh, beyond that, a thing that 
I'm still going to think, I've got to play this one more to see how much this is a universal thing and I need to make it more clear in some way, or whether it's just you two and you, Billy, mm. looking for, figuring out that the person might wear the lipstick that they used. Yeah. I'm looking it, for that. It is, a, it is an interesting one to piece together. Is that something that you might be able to check? Mm. Uh, and you, and you, once you kind of started listing through the things that you knew, you, you, you got there fairly, you know, you got to wait, I know they have this lipstick. Can you, I check? Yeah. You did automatically say when going through what they did that morning, they used their lipstick to write a message. So yeah. Is the reason that's what I, I was wondering what the purpose of the red smudge was. Is that just to get people to examine it closer and realize that it's lipstick? That was more to make a, a connection between the mirror writing, basically show this person they'd written on the mirror and then they had gone straight to locking the change room. And that was just sort of the order that mm. they'd gone and done things Which in. I suppose also makes the four-digit code. It, it was connected, connected to, to the, the mirror. time plus. Yeah. Uh, That's what I was trying to do hair. with that. Did you like my, re my reasoning away of uh, the rings thing, why there were no rings at the start and Adrienne's drawer opened Oh, because she never gives herself alterations. alterations. Was that was that a change on the fly or was that something No, that, that you... was always there. Yeah, I, th I think no. that was lovely. That was my reasoning away of that. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But beyond that, I don't think there's too much to explain. Um, the room was originally not Bridal Story when I came up with just the idea for it. It was going to just be Jewelry Store. Oh, fun. Uh, Why swap to bride? Turns out I don't know that much about jewellery, and a lot of jewellery <laughs> is basically the same. They're all little rings, yeah. or bigger rings, or rings on a ring around your neck. And uh, I have not done much jewellery store shopping, but if you have gone wedding dress shopping once, uh, you might not remember all the words for it, but you remember what the shops look like and <laughs> the vague stuff that's in them enough. So in terms of the theme, this is the second time you've done a, a wedding or a, I feel like the second time you've done like a bridal shop theme. Uh, sort of. Did one in... Tell me more. I think you did a wedding cake shop. Yes, I did a cake shop at one point. So so classically, you like to choose a lot of fairly mundane settings for your rooms. Exactly. Rita and Lauren, you've designed a lot of puzzle games and things like that, you, all the post-curious stuff. Do you have anything when you're picking a setting for design? Do you like... Because the ones that we've done so far, we've played two of the post-curiouses, and they're not really a very... They're quite fantastical settings. They're like a journey across a city looking for an ancient hidden connection and in, in all this sort of stuff, or, or, or a dream world with nymphs and fairies. Like, do you... At what point in your process are you picking a, a, a setting? Do you deliberately try and pick something kind of fantastical and weird as a setting to, to start your planning process? I don't I don't know if it how deliberate it is I guess but the Emerald Flame is set in Prague because the when I started working on that project I was a little bit obsessed with the astronomical clock in the uh, Prague town <laughs> square and that was kind of how that project even started and then it ended up like leading me down a road to alchemy and a whole bunch of other things um and Adrift was definitely always meant to be sort of a, a dreamscape because it was inspired actually by the artist who did the illustrations uh, in oh, the game, really? uh, which are very sort of dreamy in style. Um, but fun fact, Lauren and I are working together on my next project, which will also involve perhaps some of those characters. Oh, Ooh. interesting. <laughs> 
Oh. And how do both of you, with all of your vast escape room experience, how do you feel about the remarkable setting versus the ordinary setting? I don't mind an ordinary setting. I don't like settings that I've seen a hundred times. So like mm. I'll happily take a bridal shop over a prison cell. <laughs> Fair. Um, I really like remarkable settings. I have to say, mm. um, I, I ha don't have as much game design experience as Rita, but Morrison game factory definitely started off as a game factory. <laughs> um, and I don't think it would have been the same story if it had been set anywhere else. Um, and the next game that I'm slowly, slowly, slowly working on is also very, very setting dependent. I think because for me, there's a link between, uh, like escape rooms and immersive theater and mm. like the feelings you feel in your body when you enter a set are a big part of that. So I kind of, am interested in ways of trying to recreate those feelings of awe and like looking around gawking. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's, it, it is an interesting thing. Um, and I think sometimes for the audio escape room, more r relatable settings can often work a little bit better because the awe of being in that space and looking around going like, oh my God, what am I seeing here? Is a very visual thing. Yeah, I can't do that so much without a bit of, just trust me, bro, it's great. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. <laughs> and so I think instead for audio, it's quite easy to be like, here's a situation where you can picture it. And so you can fill in quite a, 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 an image, like a detailed image for yourself. And then we can place in keywords and points that are interesting, as opposed to if the more fantastical, often the more easy it is to get lost in the in an audio medium, where you're like, wait, hold on, were there 17 bungalung trees over there? Or when, wait, are they short or were they tall? And you said there was like a like a diamond river. Is that how does that work? Is that a well, river of diamonds? Or one that... Interesting thing though, because like what can create that feeling of setting or in a physical escape room can go in one of two ways. It can be the really remarkable one of a kind setting, something that you have never seen before, or and I'm gonna call out Mission Sydney for this. Mm. It's something that you have seen every day before. It is probably like something that you saw on your way to this escape room and somehow they have managed to recreate it mm. perfectly. We're walking into a perfect recreation of a train station in the middle of a office building in Sydney is pretty cool. It was freakish. <laughs> it was fantastic. So yeah, it's interesting what can create that and what you can do with the physical space. I think also like some of my favorite ahas in audio puzzles are moments where you've forgotten that you have a body and then you remember and do something <laughs> with your body. Yeah. Oh my God. What? <laughs> Wait, I can sit in the chair. Yeah. That is true. Um, I also feel a thing that I don't think I've ever said this on the show, which is uh, something that happens in a nice physical space that sometimes I think is really impressive. Oh, yeah. Which is a very, is uh, when there's like temperature control or atmosphere control that's interesting. Mm. Like walking into a room that is like the right like air feeling for the scenario that you're in is always really can like gets you quickly. And it's very rare. Often escape room air is very notably escape room air. Yeah. So when it's like a little bit humid in the jungle room and then you go into like a cold part and you're suddenly cold. Like we did a room where we went into the like a, like a, a hidden back room where stuff was stored and things and it was just cold in there. And it felt cool. It was like, yeah, this is like an Ice Queen's 
room that we've gone into because it's cold oh, in here. That's true. I remember and that. That was very notable. It happens rarely, but it's very interesting. The climate control to, to, for immersion is uh, so it's, many it's electricity costs. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Unless yeah, you just have the uh, you know privilege of like building an escape room in the underground catacombs underneath <laughs> yes. something, also true. in which yeah. case it'll just be a naturally cold and cave in there. Wouldn't uh, it be great if someone got an escape room business in like underground catacombs, but then they just made it like an ancient Egypt room, <laughs> just covered it with sand and been like, oh, you're in a tape. It's like, well, you're already in the catacombs. Ah, whatever. You're in Sherlock Holmes's office. Don't worry about it. That would be upsetting. <laughs> uh, well, it, it, is, it is interesting. So we obviously, with this one, the puzzles in this room were not, you know, in, in an hour-long audio escape room, the puzzles don't get hyper-complicated. Um, but uh, for all of the stuff that you do, there's quite intricate puzzles. They're, there's a lot of steps to them, and they're, and they're tied in together. Uh, when you're designing those, do you, like... Have you learned like the level of intricacy that you want for a certain time or to not take away from the story? Because I like I feel like when we started, we had puzzles that took longer than they should have to solve or or they were too puzzly and didn't quite fit. Yeah, I'm the narrative. deliberately making an effort to keep things tighter. Yeah, I think and I think we've simplified for our for our our, our genre, our medium. Have you like, which is why I typically, like I said at the start, I'm getting more and more worried every time we're getting people who are wildly experienced. Mm, like, go, is this yeah. going to be enough? The, 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 yeah, I feel like uh, the level that I am writing for is enthusiast, not expert. <laughs> that's, that's true. Do you, but do you, when you're designing yours, do you like, do you feel good about the fact that your, your medium allows you to get really in depth in puzzles? more so than a lot of escape rooms yeah, would be you, able to. you can layer that. I definitely do, but I think my designs have also simplified over time a little bit. Like, I think most, like, if you look at the progression of games I've designed, they have gotten progressively easier uh, <laughs> from the first one, which was incredibly difficult and, like, difficult in an unfun way for, for most people. Oh, that's... And, yeah, that's where it, it ends up being a question, isn't it? Is it that, great, just being able to come up with varying difficulty to get it exactly as difficult as you want it versus it just sort of happens in the... Like, I don't know that when you are making something good, the difficulty just sort of follows. I think it's... I don't think something has to be difficult to be good. Oh, yeah, the, um, the appropriate difficulty, not... Uh, that's yeah. What I meant. yeah. Sure, I think it's... To me, it's been more of a process of like, I have, I might have an intention with a puzzle and then it's actually a matter of adding more information for players until it is at the point where it's comfortably solvable mm. and still poses a challenge and makes you think, but has all of the information you need to get past that challenge. Lauren, do you agree? You, how how hard do you think... Uh... Morton Saltbox is Morton. gonna be. Um, what, what was it? Uh, Morrison Game Factory. Morrison Game Factory. What's the matter um, with you? I can't remember things. Do you know how many times I've tried to say Ministry of Peculiarities yeah, true. in the last couple of weeks? I can't do it. Um Yeah, do you think that has Morrison Game Factory been do you, how difficult do you think it is? Is it quite heavy in puzzles? And or? how intentional has this been <laughs> along the way? Um, I don't think it's that difficult, but I don't think it's 
I think it's engaging. And I think mm. for people who have played a lot of these, it still has plenty of new uh, twists on puzzles to offer. But at the same time, it's not, it doesn't involve a whole lot of multi-step, oh, wait, wait, I thought I had it, but I don't. Mm. Um, and I wasn't aiming for any particular level of difficulty. I think I was more... Um, I was more focused on an experiential approach mm. of um, just like controlling the pacing of everyone's engagement um, and saving the best ahas for kind of like increasingly closer intervals towards the end. Yeah, nice. And I, yeah, I think that like, like we like we were saying with this, like that's sort of the pace you want. You really. You want to be able to have it so that as it goes, everything's sort of coming together and 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 getting faster and and having that momentum. Yeah. Uh, and it's always so it's always such a, a a tough thing when you when you're getting that and getting it, and then suddenly people go and oh hmm no wait a minute um completely stuck and then there's like an hour of opening hours stuck <laughs> at the end. You're like oh, no. <laughs> a little bit. Do you think should I for that to make that clearer just. This isn't even going to make that clearer because it's still needing to figure out that it's talking about words because you went straight for letters as well. And mm. I went, man, those numbers are so small. How could they be letters? That would be so annoying. Yeah. And the thing that was <laughs> tough is that I was interested in listening to you solve this because what I loved is I really love listening to you get to the maybe it's 10 minus 6 because I, I do like that, right? This is a classic. It's to which, 10 to 6, but it's do, 10 minus. This was what I was going to say. Do you think there is any added clarity? And I tried to make it different fonts, like the days uh, are typed, but the hours are handwritten. If I made that handwritten even more explicitly different, almost as though someone has just written 10 minus 6, and it happens to have been put No, because I think that wasn't... That? I think the only problem was that you had tried letters, and then you went, oh, I'll try words... Oh no, that's that's the numbers are too high for that. And then you sort of discounted words, and so when you finally got to lower numbers, all your brain had remembered was like, "All I know is it's not words." So I'll put that aside. Um, and that was, and it was kind of like, "Oh no, like you got it, you got the numbers, but you'd already discounted it because, but like that problem has disappeared now, but it it had like already sort of made it unlikely in your head." Um, I don't think it would necessarily. Be it is definitely better. one of those things where I there are more hints that you could add to clarify connections between the two. Um, mm. Putting dot points didn't make a huge amount of difference since the playtest. Yeah, that was one thing we added in the playtest. We put dots next to the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so the format of it looked more like the four dot points. Um, before they didn't, they weren't on the door, but they were on the mirror. That um, did help. Ah, it did okay. help. It did help. Good to know. Um, <laughs> Just so there's more of a visual connection there. That's what um, we're hoping. But yeah, it is just getting that because when we, because as you as you say, you're so used to when you do a sequencing thing to try letters first. It's the nth letter. Um, that getting to the nth word was. I don't know if the, do you, would you what do you reckon if you were making it is that and you wanted people to think of words rather than letters. What what's a what's a fun little design trick you could use to get that across mm. without having to say to them. What about mm, what about words? Mm, mm. Maybe maybe think about words. Uh, I wonder if there's anything to make to to kind of make that clearer as a connection. I think it was just one of those things where there's so many options possible to try that it's like it could be words, it could be letters, it could be the subtracted number, it could be the first number or the second number or both numbers, mm. and it could be sentences. Well, or like lines or words or 
letters. There's just so many different ways of interpreting. Yeah. I think for me, it wasn't, if I had known for sure what numbers I was supposed to use, there were too, too many number sets for me yeah. to know what you was had to sort fe of feasible. Test each one. Yeah, which is why I'm trying to think, I was trying to think of something to make it feel more separated so that you aren't thinking of them as much as mm. days of the week. And you are thinking of them more just as numbers yeah. and numbers. Because the thing that you could do. I considered do... like writing Monday equals 10 minus 6 or something. Oh, that's fair. The other one you could do, like if you change the format of it, a thing that I think would make you go to words is when like, if it was, and it doesn't work in this format, but if it was like uh, four, instead of like 10 to 6, if it was uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, it was, if it was 4 of 5 or something. I have done that before. Like try, you could realize like that the, the something of something that of mm. is like, oh, there are five words in the first thing. There are seven words in the second one. And that's like two of seven. Oh, okay. I take the second out. Like what is there five of? What is there mm. seven of? That would or, get you to that many things. It just doesn't really fit the door mm. logic because that's not a good opening time. <laughs> Well, another another possibility is maybe if Hannah in her message had said something like, "Heed my words." Yeah, <laughs> throw the word "words" in there. Not impossible. Yeah. I wonder. Awesome. A heed my words. A welcome to Jenison's Word Store. <laughs> we love what? words here at the Bridal Store. <laughs> words, words, words. And with that, I'm out the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just a, just a putting the word words into the into people's brains. <laughs> ah. Heed my words is not is not bad. Yeah, you just need to find a way of saying that doesn't doesn't sound like an ancient sorceress. Heed well, my well words. she's already leaving. not a bug. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what the sequel to this room is going to be. Here's here's Rita coming in again. Lauren and Rita are always trying to make it a more fantastical setting. <laughs> what if your bridal store was run by an ancient sorceress? <laughs> I mean, hey, that's a sequel. That is a, <laughs> a question. I'll have to add that what if to more of my future rooms. Yeah, come up with happens. a mundane setting and say, but what if it was a wizard's barbershop? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dan, can you write wizard's barbershop down? I'll write it down. By Merlin's beard, which I trim every Thursday. <laughs> yeah. I actually love that so much. I know. I'm, <laughs> yeah, write it down, wizard's I'm barbershop. I'm writing it. All right, fine. First room of next year. Good, good, wizard's barbershop. And then there must also be a barbershop quartet of wizards. Yeah. Singing Avada, about their beards. Avada, Avada, oh, no, that sounds a bit corny to me. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, is that going to be the theme of next year? I won't do a connected series of rooms, but I will do mundane setting supernatural twist. Every, <laughs> That's just, just the theme. The entire season is the wizards blank and everything <laughs> belongs to a wizard. Pirate ship, a wizard pirate ship. Welcome to Sherlock Holmes no, consulting no, wizard. Wanna, yeah. That's cool, but I don't want to all be like that. I want the werewolf pirate ship. Werewolf pirate ship. Okay, what's what's Sherlock Holmes? We've got a bunch of things. Prison escape, but the prison is a whale. You're in a whale. You're inside a <laughs> whale trying to escape the whale prison. I love all of these ideas. Yes. <laughs> uh, what, what are some classic themes? A bunker, but you're sheltering from a dragon. Yeah. That's what's outside the bunker. Some, some of these I do feel like I've done. Yeah, that's me too. <laughs> Like, and then you go, oh, ancient Egyptian tomb. I've done that a million times. And everyone's made that supernatural a million times. 
Mm-hmm. But they haven't done it in space. <gasps> space <laughs> Oh, you, that's what you do, what right? What about no, the no, pyramids on the moon, huh? <laughs> you, say, you, yeah, those? You, you say that it was that uh, ancient Egyptians were actually so advanced that they went and they taught an alien civilization how to build pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. They went over to, to Jupiter and they're like, you guys don't get it. Let's. I'm going to show you our advanced pyramid technology that humans developed. Touche. I, I guarantee it. someone already believes that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. We've worked with it. It's going to be uh, the last mundane room that I do for a while. All of them are going to get weird. Because yes. my problem is in these sorts of rooms, I'm always worried about doing too sci-fi-ish or too fantasy-ish because the more you introduce magic or t- tech that doesn't really exist, the harder it is to make logic leaps uh, about what something... What- you know, what cause and effect there is going to be in a room. So it's going to be a challenge trying to make that happen. But I feel like grounding it at the same time, like Wizard's Barbershop, that is going to be interesting because... I love Wizard's Barbershop. The magic doesn't go too far. You always know everything is going to be centered around the barbershopping and the yeah. barbering. Yeah. They're not, so. they're not going to summon a demon unless that demon is very good at fades. Exactly. Or very hairy and in need of a trip. That's how you get business. <laughs> <laughs> hairy well, demons. Danny, start right in this room. Wizard's Barbershop. <laughs> All right, you start lining up the guests for it. we got to get some... Uh, Who's the hairiest wizard we know? We've got to get no, the his biggest name is names hairy. possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's an all-hairy season. Ooh. We'll get... Harry Styles. Perfect. For the Wizard's Barbershop. All right, start the internet campaign. <laughs> His name is Styles as well. Come on. Yes. Yeah, Harry Styles. That's a good barbershop name. Is there a is there a <laughs> is there a hairdresser called Harry Styles? There's got to be, right? I'm googling it now. Harry Styles. Don't autocorrect us, Google. Hair. We know what we mean. Dresser. Did you mean Harry Styles? I did not. We don't want Harry Styles hairdresser. I this cannot. Is, there's a New York stylist. Oh, yes, New York stylist, Harry Styles. Excellent. I'm on their Instagram right now. Yes, yeah, that's, that's hair. hair. That's just human hair. Uh, and one potent, uh, inspirational question mark quote. Yeah, did you know that the same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg? It's about what you're made of, not the circumstances. I don't like Harry Styles. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that seems kind of brutal. Yeah, that seems kind of rude. Maybe you're just weak, it seems to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bad stuff happen? Bloody potato. Be more of an egg. <laughs> All right, you're we've, soft like potato. We've... I am hard like egg. Potatoes can still be a weapon even when they're cooked. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, I think that's a good place to end. Thank you so much. We've got a promise for the new year. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. It was lovely to have you. Uh, I hope you enjoyed playing through the room. Uh, for people who wanted to find out more of what you're doing, where, where should people go and look for, for, for Lauren and for Rita? Um, if you want to find me, you can go to postcurious.com or find me on Instagram at postcurious or at Rita Orlov. Um, and I do not have a website, although there's apparently another Lauren Bello who does have a website. So <laughs> feel free to go down that rabbit hole if you want to, but, uh, it's not me. Um, but I do have an Instagram, um, D A E L A. It's at Dela. Wonderful. And if you're at home and you're listening to this and you haven't yet tr- looked to grab Morrison's Game Factory, go and at least check it out. 
I think it, 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 I'm very excited. We're definitely going to try and get a copy. From our uh, experience, uh, Post Curious Games have... What's what I want to say? We have good trust. Yes. They, they have earned it. Yeah. You, whenever you play... We, we, you, you never... Um, uh, sometimes you play a game and you think, I don't know if the people who designed this really kind of get how puzzles work and I don't know whether I should trust them you don't know whether it's worth to have a reasonable money. answer. Should I just start guessing? Should I just check some hints and things? You don't have to worry about that with, with Post Curious. They're all good. So check out the new game. Check out some of the old games if you haven't played those either. And, and go. Go to the website. There's a link in the show notes. Check it out. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Danny, for, for running the room. Thank you guys and so much writing. for having us. Yeah, it was wonderful. And thank you, people at home, for supporting the show. Uh, if, if you want to help out, tell a friend, leave a review, spread the word. Word of mouth is how podcasts spread. So find people. It's coming up to Christmas. So make sure that when you go to your Christmas family meeting, they all get really bored of how much you're talking about Escape This Podcast. They're like, I get it. I'll listen. I've, I've subscribed already. If you just like download one set of our notes, maybe for one of the Christmas Run rooms, it for who your knows? Family. Just once they have gotten just a little bit drunk and things are winding down for the evening and no one's really sure what's going to happen next, just start reading it out. They will play. It yes. works. That's it. You've got to get your family to play one and just start reading it out. Uh, and the other way you can support the show is you can sign up for the Patreon. We don't run ads on the show. We don't do anything like that. Uh, Patreon is how we make money. So uh, if you want to support us at any level, you can appear as an NPC in one of Danny's rooms. Now, here's the fun guess. Which names in this room were real Patreon names? And which ones did I have to make up on the spot out of Ooh. desperation? I think uh... clearly... Uh, the owner, Adrian. Adrian Yang. Adrian Yang. Thank you so a, much. Got to be a donor. I know Jenison is a donor. Jenison, the name of the shop. Absolutely. Um, is Christina a donor? Yes, and uh, just left as Christina because I was uncertain about pronunciation of the surname. Oh no! M O R A C E. Morace. Morace. Christina Morace. I don't know how fancy to make it. Uh, anyone else? Uh, one extra one. Hannah Landry. Hannah Landry. Thank you, Hannah Landry, for supporting the show. So, yeah, uh, Rory and AJ, I just written down as first names. And then uh, you asked more detail about Rory, and I panicked and said Anderson. There you go. But uh, so that's for anyone who signs up at any level can appear as an NPC. Uh, there's bonus episodes every week. And NPPs, our... NP places. And NPPs, like Jenison, uh, or the shadowy corner from a previous episode. <laughs> um, also, for $5 donors, there's uh, bonus audio every week. You can hear the playtests of these rooms. You can hear a separate series where we solve two-minute mysteries and all this fun stuff. And there's choose-your-own-adventure things and trivia and all this other fun stuff. Uh, $10 donors, there's monthly vlogs. There's a trivia club on, for our $20 donors. Uh, and $50 donors can be part of the playtesting process and things like that. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely way. And it helps support us. Uh, it's the way that we... You know, keep our lights on and food in our mouths. We don't uh, want to do dynamic ad insertion, guys. Yeah, so don't we make really us. Don't. don't make it. And it also helps support the show for everyone else. Like when you donate, you help everyone else in the community get a free show. Uh, so you're helping support the arts. You're doing what governments should. So thank you so much, everybody, uh, for supporting the show. Thank you again for coming on. And that's that's it. That's the end of the episode. Bye, Thanks everybody. Happy Novembers. Happy Novembers. <laughs> <laughs>